All right. So uh, every summer, the uh, youth ministry, we head down to Anderson, South Carolina for a camp called Crossroads Summer Camp. Uh, and it is amazing. It's awesome. Uh, but uh, every morning, there is a morning service, and there's this really awesome part. The guy that runs the camp, his name is Clayton. And uh, we basically play a game of kind of Simon Says, but he calls it Clayton Says. And uh, it sounds really childish, but it's a lot of fun, I promise. And uh, it's really cool. He like um, we'll go through this series of things. He'll say, if you have your lanyard around your neck, you're out. If you're wearing flip-flops, you're out. If you have, and he goes through all these things. And then it's the commands of like, stand up, sit down, put your right hand up, all this kind of stuff. And uh, there's like a thousand students at this camp. And so it's a huge deal if you can end up coming to the front. When, when you come to the front, that's like the finals. And so we've been going for five years. And uh, I really, uh, last year, was when I thought, like, this is it. This is the year I get to go forward because I've never been able to do it. So I kind of learned the tricks of the trade. I knew with the lanyard I should take my lanyard off. I knew that, like, you know, uh, he has to say Clayton says before you stand up, otherwise you'll be out. I knew all the tricks of the trade. So I'm going, and, like, I see people start sitting down. It's getting closer and closer and closer, and I realize, like, I think I'm going to be able to go down to the front. And uh, sure enough, he says, put your right hand up, and he says, if you're still in, run to the front. And I knew, okay, I need to keep my right hand up because sometimes kids put their hands down. He's like, I didn't say to put your hand down. You're out. So I'm like moving my way like across the aisle. Like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And then like I run to the front with my hand up. Like I'm like sprinting. And then I'm like at the front. And I know once you get to the front, you have to keep running in place or he'll call you out. So I'm up there like running like this. And I'm like so excited. And he like comes up and he's like, um, I didn't say Clayton says. And, and like, I look and there's no, I'm literally the only person. Like, I was so excited. Like I was running through the front. And so like my way back was like, just like, like I was so sad. And, um, today we're talking about confidence and I, I, I was so confident running down that aisle, hand up, running in place, uh, but on my way back, I felt so insecure, like a thousand people looking like, what an idiot, like this guy's so stupid. But uh, I, I want you to think, like, is your life defined by confidence or insecurity? When people experience you, this is our last week in the series, Good Vibes, and it's all about when people experience us, do they experience Jesus? Is there something about the way that we live our lives that points people to Jesus? And so you in your lives, do you live with a confidence in Christ or an insecurity? Um, so I, I want, you know, just like Pastor Greg was saying, at our church, we want people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. But a lot of times what happens is, is people get caught up with the discovering a purpose because we are so um, enslaved to our insecurities that we don't really believe that God could use us in the way that he wants to. A lot of times we're so insecure and we know, we know ourselves, we know our past, we know our habits, we know the things that we do, to where we convince ourselves, man, I don't know if God could really use me. I'm in the middle of this mess, I'm in the middle of this addiction, I'm in the middle of this or that. Man, I'm not good enough, I, I don't look good enough, I'm not popular enough, I'm not successful enough. And our, our lives become plagued with insecurities where we're constantly thinking about ourselves, how we don't measure up. Yet God has a confidence for you. And here's the thing. It's not 
self-confidence in the fact that you can look at yourself and be confident in yourself because we don't add up. We don't measure up when it comes to just ourselves. But we can have a confidence in who God is. And because of who he says you are, you can have a confidence in who he says that you are. So we're going to talk about that confidence today. I want you to first know that this confidence is not a cockiness. It's not a, an arrogance or a pride. What it is is the humility to say, okay, God, I know that I'm broken. I know that I'm not perfect, but I can have confidence in who you've made me to be. It's also not merely being extroverted. Some people think it means that you're good at public speaking or that you are walking into a room and you're just, you, your presence is just this extroverted presence to where you're comfortable around people. That's not necessarily what it is either. A lot of times when people need the attention on themselves, that's like one of the biggest insecurities um, that we have. What this confidence is, is just a, a steadiness. It's a, um, it, it is a peace knowing that our value, our love, our fulfillment does not come in anything else other than Jesus Christ himself. So before I, I jump into this, I just want you to know, like we said, we want people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. If you're in here and you have never really given your life to Christ, you've never um, trusted in him for your salvation, not just know of God or, or believe that Jesus was a good man, but like truly have a relationship with him and, and trust in him for your salvation. I want you to know that you will never have the confidence that you're looking for because this confidence can be found in nowhere else other than the work of the cross and Jesus defeating death. So I want you to kind of be thinking of that. If you're one of those people that have never given your lives to Christ, be thinking of that because I know that the confidence that you need and that you want only comes in Jesus Christ. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about how we can have this confidence that people see and they know you are just steady as a rock. The very first thing that I want you guys to write down is that identity makes all the difference. Identity makes all the difference. There was a French lady, her name was Lucy, and I'm not even going to try to say her last name, but... Uh, her name was Lucy, and she had gotten a plane ticket to go back to France. She was in Newark Airport. She got a ticket to go back to France. On her ticket, there was a gate number that she went to. However, they switched the gate, and she didn't speak any English, so she didn't really, I don't know, something got lost in the translation, and she ended up, they scanned her ticket. It allowed her onto the plane. She went to sit down. Someone was sitting in her seat, and so the flight attendant came up and, and uh, gave her another seat. And uh, instead of going to France, she ended up in San Francisco. So she went the complete opposite direction. And the reason being is that the ticket told her to go a certain way. And instead of going the direction she wanted to go, it ended up taking her in the absolute opposite direction. When it comes to confidence, the world says if you want to be confident, it is all in your accomplishments. It's all in your success. However good you are at the different things that you do, will bring you confidence. However, this is not true. This has you going in the wrong direction. I want you guys to see a slide. This shows the difference between insecurity and confidence. And so take a look at where the identity is. Insecurity, the way this happens is the things that you do, your marriage, your kids, your job, your fitness, friends, finances, put anything in your life into that box. And what happens is however we um, perform in those different areas in life, form our identity. 
We think however good I am as a parent, however good my marriage is, however well I'm doing at my job, however I look, my friendships, my finances, my fill in the blank, forms who I am. And if I do good enough in those things, I can get to God. I can impress God. I can make up this kingdom that is good enough that God will look down and he'll see, man, they are awesome. They are good enough for me. And that is insecurity. But confidence is flipped, okay? So God starts at the bottom. And you see that he is your identity, what he believes about you, what what he says about you, his love for you, how he values you. And that forms your identity. To where your identity is not in the things that you do. It's not in the things that he has merely called you to. It is who he has called, it is, it is who, what he believes about you. That becomes your identity. And then through that come the way that you um, are a spouse, the way that you parent, the way that you work, the way that you take care of your body, the way your friendships, finances, you know, fill in at whatever stage of life you're in right there. And so the left is insecurity because you're constantly depending on these things of life to form your identity, to make you feel like you're good, to build your life upon. And the other is confidence because we can be confident that God is going to come through. He has given us promises that we can stand on that will never, um, that will never fail us. Now, the sad thing is that if you're living your life on the left side there, on insecurity, the sad thing is that when this happens, you put a strain and a stress on the people that you love that they were never supposed to have. When your identity is in your spouse, you're constantly trying to compare your marriage and the things that you do with your spouse are not out of love, it's out of um, competition, it's out of insecurity where you think, I'm going to take this picture with my spouse of us, of us going on this vacation or, or your kids. I need my kids to succeed. I need them to do well in school and sports. They can't mess up ever because if they do, then that's a knock on my identity and this house of cards will come falling down. And it puts this stress on your kids to be your identity, to be perfect. And they were never, ever supposed to be your identity. You know, your job, think about it. If you're constantly so stressed about your job, and you're just thinking, man, I can't fail, I can't fail, I have to succeed. Or your finances, you're, you're constantly stressed about them and you're trying to build them up to be big enough to, to make you feel good about yourself. Or fitness and friendships, all of these things were never meant to be your identity. And if you build your life on these things, it may seem like everything's going well for a little bit, but it's a matter of time before one of those things falls apart and your your entire identity comes crashing down. Whereas true confidence is knowing, okay, who I am is who God says that I am. I'm a child of God. He loves me. He values me. He died for me. And through that, you can have a confidence where you can perform even better in your marriage, as a parent, in your job, fitness, friends, finances, all of that. And so identity makes all the difference. What are you building your life on? Colossians 2, 6 through 7, it says this, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him, and let your lives be built on him. 
Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. So we see that, that you build your life on God. You grow your roots into his love. Ephesians 3 says, says something along the same lines. It says, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. You see, we build our life on the love of God. Our identity comes in what he thinks of you. It's not in what we can do. It is in the love of Jesus that he has for us. Most people build their lives on their own accomplishments and the thing is that they will fall. They will fail. It's kind of like a parent that, um, you know, when their kid starts walking for the first time, and they're constantly kind of like trying to keep them up because they know it's a matter of time before their kid falls. But when you have a grown child, most likely you don't have to walk around making sure that they're okay. You know, you know that they know how to walk. You know they're going to be okay. They know how to, um, they're not going to fall. When you build your life on your accomplishments on, on you as a parent, you as a spouse, on your job, your finances, your friends, your popularity, your fitness, whatever. You will constantly be walking around with an insecurity because you know it's a matter of time for one of those things that's going to fall and your identity comes crashing down and you are sitting there thinking, man, who am I? Where does my value come from? But if you build your life on the promises of God, what he says about you, you can walk around with a confidence because you know, man, I may fail from time to time as a parent. I may fail as a spouse. I may fail in my job. There's going to be times where finances are tough. There will be times where I fail. But I know my identity is not in my accomplishments, but in what God has done in my life. And you can walk around with a confidence, not being so scared of everything falling apart. You know, we can trust in Jesus we can build our life on Jesus and we can stand firmly because he has made promises to you that he will never break. He made promises to you that you can build your life on. You can stand firm in each and every day. You don't have to have this, this, um, this insecurity of everything falling apart because identity determines everything. Number two, our confidence comes from knowing the difference between working from Versus working, versus working for. Working from versus working for. Fear and insecurity is working for man's approval, yet confidence is working from God's approval. Galatians 1.10, Paul says this, he says, for, I, uh, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So Paul's saying this, I can either live my life working for the approval of man or knowing that there is only one person that I care about their approval, and that's God. It's kind of like in, um, we were just in, in Birmingham at this conference called Grow, and um, they had these breakout sessions. And during these breakout sessions, at the very end, they allow question and answer. And there's a lot of people there. So a lot of people have different questions. They all want to ask their question. And so uh, they said, all right, does anybody have any questions? So everyone raises their hand. 
And uh, there's a couple questions, and I realized, man, I have, a, I have a really good question. So I thought, man, I would love to ask that. But what I realized is that everyone was keeping their focus on the guy on the stage. And they're like, ooh, ooh, me, 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 me. Like, we're in kindergarten or something. And like, come on, ask my, like, answer my question. But I realized whoever determined who asked the question was the guy with the microphone. So they had a couple of guys walking around. So all I did was like get his attention. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, you're next. And so like all these people are like fighting for this guy's uh, like a, attention up in the front. Like, please call me, call him. They had no clue that there was a guy with a microphone that determines who asks the questions. So he came up to me, and everyone's like, oh, come on. Like, I've been hand- holding my hand out for like 10 minutes. And um, I realized that I needed to go to the one who could give me a voice. I didn't need to fight for the attention of the guy on stage because it didn't matter. He didn't determine whether I was able to ask the question or not. I had to go to the one who was able to give me a voice, the one that had the microphone. And in our lives... So many times, our entire life is just a, ooh, ooh, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, to man. We're trying to get man's approval, thinking if I can just get man to say that I'm valuable, if I can get man to think that I'm successful, to think that I'm something, then I will feel fulfilled, then I'll be confident. Yet your confidence does not come in what man says about you. It comes in the one who gives you a voice. It comes from God. He's the only one that can give you the confidence that you need. You know, it is so important that um, you don't get into this contest of of just constantly trying to be better than others. When we operate in insecurity, our entire lives become a contest where we are stacking up how we perform to what other people do. You see it on social media all the time. It becomes a, hey, look what I've done. Look how great my marriage is. Look how awesome my kids are. Look what I'm doing here and here and here, and it's just constantly trying to stack up better than everybody else. But what we know is that true confidence means I don't have to to compare myself to anyone else. It does not matter what they think about me. What matters is what God thinks about me, his approval, him being happy with me, him being proud of me. So I want to I encourage you, if you are in this contest where you are constantly just pleading for other people to bring you worth and value, you will never find the confidence you're looking for in humans. You never will. Like, Paul was like pretty serious about this. He said, if I am looking, uh, he said, if I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. If we are constantly just vying for, for the people around us, their, their approval, like, please, please love me, give me value. He's saying you cannot serve God the way that you want to. He can't use you the way that you want him to because you're constantly looking at the wrong person. You're constantly in this contest, in this competition, trying to stack up better than everyone else. You know, that's what religion is. It's a contest, working our way to God thinking if I'm good enough, if I can do enough good things, I can work my way up to God. And just like on that slide, on the left, the insecurity is if I can stack up better than other people, then God will see me. But we're not about religion here. We're about following Jesus, which is all about how how he came down to us. He brought us freedom because he knew We couldn't make it up to heaven. We couldn't be good enough to get to him. He's perfect. So he came down to us. There's a a song, my hill song. It it says, it's called What a Beautiful Name It Is. 
And in this song, it says, you didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great. Your love was greater. What could separate us now? Philippians 2, it says, instead, he, talking about Jesus, gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. You see, our confidence does not come in how we stack up, how good we are, how we can do enough good things to get up to heaven. It's about how Jesus looked down and said, I know that Brody is not going to be good enough. I know he's not going to be perfect. I know he's going to fall and fail and sin. But I don't want to be without him. And so he came down. And our confidence does not come in what we do, how we stack up. It is in the work of Jesus coming down. And that's where our confidence comes from. The fact that he loved you so much. He looked at you and he saw your brokenness. He saw that you fell. He saw that you sinned. He said, you know what? I'm going to come down. I'm going to die their death. I'm going to take their place. I'm going to defeat death for them. And when you have confidence in this, that's when you have true confidence. We no longer have to work for our salvation. We can work from it. We no longer have to do enough good things for our salvation. We can work from it. Philippians 2.12 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to, to will and to work for his good pleasure. Another translation says, Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. You know, I, I remember like in, uh, when I was younger, I was in this environment that was extremely religious. It was all about working hard, being good enough, reading your Bible enough, praying enough, saying no to the things you were supposed to say no to, enough so that you could kind of be loved by God, be looked at approvingly by God. And, and, and I was so glad that, that God brought my family to this church because I remember I started going to youth group and then I started hearing about the grace and the mercy that God had for me. And how, yes, I've failed and I've, I've had a, a, you know, I've, I've sinned and I've, I've fallen. But the thing is that I don't have confidence in what I've done. It's in what Jesus did. And how where I was right in that moment in my fallenness and my brokenness and my sin, that God loved me right in that moment. I remember just feeling like God saying, I forgive you. I love you. I'm proud of you. You're my son. I remember thinking, wait, I can give up this contest of just trying to put on this face like everything's good, like I'm perfect, like I'm doing everything right. I can actually admit my brokenness, my fallenness, my sin. I can have my confidence in something other than how I perform. And it opened up this freedom I'd never experienced before. I'm so grateful for this church because God used this church to show me what God thought about me. And some of you right now, you are running this rat race of this contest trying to prove yourself. You may even be here today because you have an insecurity where you think, if I don't go to church enough, God's not going to love me. I need to prove myself to people, to God. I want you to know he loves you. 
right now in your brokenness, in your sin, in your mess. God loves you. He's proud of you. You're his child. And when you put your identity in that, it changes everything. You know, parents, when I want you to know that, that it's extremely important for you to lead the way in showing that our value does not come in anything else other than Christ. You know, parents, show your teenagers that value is not something to be earned, it's something to be learned. We have value not because of the things we do, but because God loves us. So many times, man, people will run to anything and anyone to get them to show them value. And when they face temptation, there's a difference between someone who is working for value and someone who's working from it. It changes everything. I want to ask you, do you work for your value? God, I'm working hard. I'm doing the right things. I'm, uh, God, please love me. Please show me value. Please, please let me, or from value. Man, God values me. He loves me. He's crazy about me. There is this uh, football player. His name's Julio Jones, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And uh, recently, I don't know if you saw this, but he was going jet skiing, and one of his earrings fell off. And he sent out a diving team to find this earring because the earring was worth $100,000. Isn't that crazy? So he sent out a diving team to try and find this, this earring. He wanted it back. Now I want, you to, I want you to think about something. Julio Jones, if he would have gone to Claire's and gotten his, his ear pierced and paid like five bucks, do you think he would have sent the diving team out? No, absolutely not. It would be ridiculous. But the thing is, he knew that that earring was valuable, and so that's why he sent the search team out. We only search for the things that we value. Jesus, when he was on this earth, he was hanging out with a whole bunch of sinners, a whole bunch of fallen people, and all these religious people started raising a fuss. Jesus, well, no, 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 you're not supposed to hang out with the tax collectors, no. Obviously, he's not the son of God because he wouldn't be hanging out with the tax collectors and, and all these people that, that, that are sinners. And Jesus kind of said, okay, guys, I want you to kind of get a right view of God, okay? I want you to think about this. If there is a, a, a shepherd, he's got 100 sheep, and one day he's counting them, and he gets to 97, 98, 99. And he's like, okay, let me, let me count again, 97, 98, 99. And he's missing one. He says a shepherd leaves the 99 and goes after the one. He realizes that sheep is valuable to me, so I'm going to go and I'm going to get them. You know, most of us would be like, the sheep is stupid. It walked away. Let it go. You have 99. But no, he, he values that one sheep so much that he goes and gets it. And what the Bible says is that all of us are like sheep. We've all gone astray. We've all gone our own way. And every single one of you, God has gone after you. He sent his son Jesus down to go and to get you. Do you know why? Because you're valuable to him. No matter what you've been through, no matter what mess you're walking through right now, you may have just come out of a divorce or your kids won't talk to you. You got let go from your job. Your finances are in a difficult situation. You don't like the way that you look. You, don't, you feel lonely. Whatever you're walking through right now, Jesus is saying, I went after you. I value you. I love you so much. And so in the story of, this, of this, this sheep, the shepherd goes and finds the sheep. 
And it says in, in Luke 15, and when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. And what we see, the very last thing is that our confidence comes in who carries you. When we did a trip to Guatemala, um, there's a picture here of a couple kids from Guatemala. That um, kid on the right, his name was Ricardo, and he was the funniest kid. He was such a troublemaker. And um, I like naturally gravitated towards him. I was like, this kid's awesome. And uh, the, so I remember Ricardo, there was, a, there was a part in the week where we gave these kids shoes. And um, so he just walked in, picked up a pair of shoes, didn't even try them on, like walked out and was like, this is the pair. And um, he loved those shoes. And so I remember I was, I was working, we were building water filters, and I looked over and I saw some of the older kids were kind of picking on Ricardo, and they took one of his shoes, and they went and they hit it. And um, it broke my heart. So I went walking over there. I don't know Spanish, but I was just like, aquí, or whatever you say. And like, uh, I tried to like communicate, like, get the shoes, patos, whatever it is. Uh, but I told them, like, you better go get that shoe. And, um, and so they were like, oh, man. So they went and they got the shoe, brought it back to Ricardo. So I put the shoe on Ricardo. I pick him up and I'm carrying him back to like the main part of the village. And as I'm carrying him, I look and he's like facing them and he's like doing this. He's like. <laughs> so I put him down. I was like, you can walk back to the village, all right? But you see, he had a confidence because he knew who carried him. He had a confidence because he trusted in me. Like, okay, this guy is carrying me so I can have an extra sense of confidence. You need to know that right now, you are carried by the arms of the Savior. You're carried by the creator of the universe. There is nothing that can take you out of his arms. And so with that comes a confidence where you can operate in a way that you are confident. You don't have to worry about how you stack up with other people. You don't have to worry about your past because God values you, he loves you, you are his child. And with that comes a confidence. You know, you may be saying, but, but man, aren't I supposed to be a good dad, a good mom, good at my job, good at school, good at sports? Aren't I supposed to like be excellent in, in different things? Yes, absolutely. But the thing is you cannot work to your full potential. You cannot perform to your full potential until you are operating out of the love and the confidence and the strength that God has put in you. Psalm 18, 